Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 28th of November. This is your host, Colton Gibson, and today I'm joined by my producer, Justin Brown, and co-host, Ryan Liguez. There's a lot to cover this morning after a busy Thanksgiving sports weekend, but before we get started, let's throw it to Ryan for a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 of Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And we're going to go ahead and get started with the two Bobcat basketball teams, which have both continued great starts to their seasons. Starting off with the women's basketball team, they have a record of 3-2 and two now, following a 67-46 loss against the Texas A&M University Aggies this past Wednesday. It was a good game through the first half, but the Aggies kind of ran away with it in the second half. What did y'all think about this game? Yeah, you know, after that game, uh, Coach Antonio was talking to the press, and she said, you know, we started off really slow in that first half, and that's something you can't do against a Power 5 school like like A&M. But, you know, like, and like she's, you know, they started off slow, and, you know, that's kind of what stopped them from being we've seen how good they can be and but you know if you look at the stats for this game you know Denisha Hood five from 21 from the field zero and six in three points she only had 12 points and so try kind of seeing that zero and six that kind of sees like you know when they were getting behind they were trying to just chuck something up trying to get some points on the board trying to get something going and you know this just wasn't their best game overall but you know we've seen the talent that they have so this is probably just a little speed bump in the road Yes, and you know this is the second loss they've had in a row now. Um, one loss coming before to UTEP, but um, no, in this game you have to look at the silver lining of it. You see the bench performance from Taylor Pruitt coming off the bench, getting two for five in the three-point land. When she sees that our other players are struggling from the three-point land, she's able to get that ball through the net. So that's impressive. Then you also you got to talk about the defensive end here, and just one little factoid I'm providing, uh, Taylor. Kennedy Taylor, with her two steals in that game against Texas A&M, now she has top past Yolanda Wilkerson from the 1993-1997 seasons for second place in the career steals list. So not only is Kennedy Taylor first in assists for all entire Bobcat program history, now she is second with steals. So it just shows with her on the floor, this team can do things not only offensively, but defensively. Obviously, it's upsetting to lose a game, but it came against a really good Power 5 team, an SEC team that historically has really good women's basketball teams. And you you played close with them for a majority of the first half, and it it just didn't work out in the long run. But lots of good things to look at, obviously, and a lot of good things to come this season, hopefully. Uh, Their next game, Looking forward will be Wednesday, November 30th at 7 p.m. against the UTSA Roadrunners. So the I-35 rivalry gets some women basketball taste, and that will be on ESPN+. Plus. So hopefully they can get back in the win column and start a new win streak. But taking a look at the men's basketball team, they have turned their record around to be 4-3 and three now. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, they were in Hawaii at a basketball tournament, which they were the runner-ups in after a 72-65 loss against Hawaii in the tournament final that was Saturday night. So this was a another good showing by the men's basketball team in a tournament. They're the second team that's gotten to go to Hawaii this year. And, you know, I, I wish they would have come out on top, but they performed well nonetheless. 
I just want to hear, I just want to say, man, when are we going to get a ticket to Hawaii? It seems like everyone from Texas State's going to Hawaii. But, you know, this was also, like you said, another good game by Texas State. Mason Harold had 23 points in that last game. That is his fourth 20-point game in a row in the last four games. So, you know, he's doing really good. And we said he's the captain of this team. He's the leader. He's their voice. He is their example that they're trying to set. And he's just been killing his whole year. Uh, him and Brandon Davis were named to the, uh, the I guess, the tournament team at the end of it. So that shows that he did really good in that whole weekend. But another good uh, showing out by this uh, Texas State Bobcat men's basketball team. 100%, Ryan. And you have to wonder, how did they have this momentum to play this good in Hawaii? Because they did beat that first game against Southern Utah, and it's because they got their first Pac-12 win ever against California before that. And now they come in here, they play against Southern Utah that first game, and you mentioned, you mentioned Brandon Davis, this great new player and great new pickup for the Bobcats. He had 12 points off of 18 minutes in that first game. And then in Hawaii, you see him do what he does best, and he's shooting it well. Now, that's why they're being named and being honored. And Mason Harrell right now is averaging 19 points per game, which is a point of production that we didn't see last year because he was splitting the ball up with Isaiah Small, Caleb Asbury. But now Mason Harrell being the floor leader, dishing out to new players like Brandon Davis, Tyrell Morgan. It's really exciting to see how this Hawaiian tournament, just how it did for the volleyball team, gives them that momentum and that excitement for the regular season games that are coming up and prepares them for, you know, because playing, it seems like Hawaii, that's some good experience to play against. So it's going to really be crucial and helpful for them down the road. Yeah, I think it's a lot. This loss kind of looks a lot similar to when our uh, volleyball team lost to Hawaii in Hawaii. So obviously it's a tournament. A lot of teams are traveling, but that is their home arena, their home stadium, their home fans. I'm sure were there. So it basically was a big Hawaii game like the Bobcats were just going there to face Hawaii. So obviously they had a lot of support from their fans and maybe that helped them against Texas State. I, I think the way they've looked has still just been a really promising thing to watch with Mason Harrell starting to be able to shine and really lead this team by himself yeah and you know that's going to be and like we said a couple weeks ago that's kind of the big emphasis in the beginning of the season is try and get your guys going try and get them hot the faster you can do that the quicker it is to kind of get your lineup cemented and then just kind of carry that momentum and that success to the end of the season Yes, I mean, we look at Coach TJ, and he has the experience to be able to take any lineup and make something of it. This team has won back-to-back, you know, Sunbelt champions. They had the best record in the Sunbelt, and they are just getting started. You know, there's so much to be, you know, these first games are a way for you to see the, how the rotation should go, how the minutes should go, who is best in each position right now. There's so much young talent on this team now. We've got new, uh, you know, Davian Skies, I mean Sykes, my apologies. Um, and then we have, you know, players like Tyrell Morgan, Brandon Davis, these new acquisitions that can do a lot for Coach CJ and this team. And these losses to Hawaii are not even like losses to them. They're just ways for them to see how they can perform down the road and what minutes are best for each player. Following this tournament loss, they will travel to Beaumont, Texas, where they'll take on the Lamar Cardinals. That game will be this Thursday, December 1st at 7.30 p.m., and you can watch that on ESPN+. And before we take a break, Justin, you want to take a look at some San Marcos High School basketball? Of course. The San Marcos Rattlers are now 7-2, and two, and they have not to play a single district game yet. But if you look at their previous games the, since the last time we spoke about them, they did take an unfortunate loss to Stony Point, but you see them bounce back, and they, they did a great job in this one against... Sorry about that. We got some score difficulties here. Um, yeah, no, so they're doing great things. They just lost against Stony Point, and unfortunate, it's like an eight-point loss for them, but they did win recently against... 
I'm so sorry, Rouse, or if you pronounce it, Roos. And they win that one very well, and they win that one by eight points in that one. So, yeah, just the Rattlers, oh, seven points, my apologies. The Rattlers are just bouncing back, and they're doing a lot better than they had. They had some UIL restrictions from years before, and it seems that they're not letting that affect the start to this season. Seven and two is a hot start. And you have players like Javen Coffey, who's dropping 23 points on their head. We have Cash Good doing 12 of his own, and that's just impressive to see. Uh, apologies with getting that score brought up, guys. But, yes, no, the Wi-Fi was running a little slow on that one. Um, but, no, this team is not running slow. They're starting off hot. And, I mean, Coach Coach Miller is really excited to see what this team can do, especially in this new district and this new conference. But, yeah, we can always slip up some, some – bring in some San Marcos Rattler scores when we have the time for it. Well, hopefully Rattler basketball – keeps going strong to start their season and we're going to take a quick break now but on the other side of it we will look towards college football's championship weekend and the bobcats new coaching change so don't go anywhere you're listening to bobcat radio on ktsw 89.9 welcome back to this monday edition of bobcat radio in the studio with me i have my producer justin brown and co-host ryan liguez and this is your host colton gibson as i said before the break we're talking about a big change coming to texas state football this last weekend they uh, Lost 41 to 13 to the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns to kind of close out their season at four and eight now. And following the loss on Sunday morning, news came out that the Bobcats would be moving on from Jake Spavital as a head coach. They'll be looking for somebody new to lead them next year. And Jake Spavital had a record of 13 and 35, I believe, in his four years as a head coach at Texas State. Guys, we have speculated about this for many weeks now, even at the beginning of the season, and it's happened. What do we think? Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, Jake Spavadol, when he came in, you know, we thought, you know, this would be the turning point to his program. And in a little bit it was, you know, even though he went 13 and 35 in his four years here, there was an improvement somewhat in the team over the course of those four years. Every season kind of seemed to get a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, it just wasn't the success that we needed here at Texas State. And so it's just, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's just kind of how business is. And, you know, Don Coriel, um, sorry, yeah, Don Coriel, you know, we, when he sent out the press release on Sunday, you know, he said, you know, he's a, tre- a tremendous member of our Bobcat community for four years, engaging our fans and donors, recruiting tremendous young men to wear our uniform. And that's kind of what he did. I mean, he really helped, uh, you know, the kids buy into this program. It just wasn't the success that uh, was needed here. No, it wasn't. And, you know, you can take this game that they had against the Raging Cajuns as an example throughout the entire season and what we've seen the past three seasons with this coach. I mean, you're losing your final game, the final game for many seniors, and you're losing it to Raging Cajuns, a team where you had an opportunity against. You have the best home record since you've ever had since 2014, and you lose 41 to 10 here. Um, and just, you know, what what can you say about this game? What are some highlights of this game? Well, you have to look at Lincoln Perry right now. This is exciting for next year. Lincoln Perry had a 64-yard run in that third quarter, and that was the longest rush by a Bobcat the entire season. And now Perry is only second in, progr- in FBS history um, in right now to be able to do 750 rushing yards in a season. So Lincoln Perry is doing amazing things for this team with Lane Hatcher as the quarterback and Lincoln Perry, both these acquisitions from Arkansas State, doing extraordinary things. Um, another factoid, Lincoln Perry was the first Bobcat since Robert Lowe in 2015 to get over 200 yards in a game. So this 220 yard, 228 yards, 
my correction for Lincoln Perry was definitely influential with this game, but it cannot change the fact that this season was a losing season and that you need to make changes. And this is what I think Kelly Danfus is taking on as his first task here. He's coming from Arkansas state. We have acquisitions of a new quarterback, a new running back. And now you have to try and change this football program. They're all from the same school, all Danfus Perry and Hatcher. So there's definitely a big impact on this program. We need to see a new face at the helm. Um, I don't know who the, who it could be. There were speculations, Colton. Who were you thinking should be the head coach? Well, after the news came out, I spent a lot of time checking checking the Twitterverse and seeing what people had to say about it. And I saw a tweet that provided a list, and it said, "Don't worry, President Danfis. You know we've made a list of all of the coach candidates that we would take." And I, I, I mean, there were so many names, hundred names on that list. Lane Hatcher's name was on that list, but <laughs> I know I've seen a couple articles about you know it might be Tom Herman to be the next coach. I don't know if it's really going to happen. Ty I, Evans. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but. You know, it seems like Don Creole and Kelly Dampus both know that this is very important. This is a decision that is going to, you know, go back to them, basically. And they know that they're going to try their best to to get the right guy up there to get us to a bowl game finally. Yeah, well, I saw on one of those lists, you know, Major Applewhite, you know, who was a quarterback for UT and has, you know, some coaching experience. And I think it would be kind of cool to have a coach named Major Applewhite. That would be a pretty good thing. But Whoever they bring in is definitely going to have to try and sell the program to some of these players and trying to get some from some players from transfer because there are a couple uh, players that uh, today announced that they were going to be transferring. Ashton Hawkins, one of our starting wide receivers, who had, I believe, 871 yards. And he didn't and, play like the last three games. Yeah, <laughs> and eight touchdowns in his season in his uh, career here. So he's uh, he's leaving. Uh, Kyle Hergel. One of the star offensive linemen for our team is uh, transferring out, so it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, first who they pick as our as our new as the new head coach for the program, and then if they're gonna be able to bring any new pieces in, or they can try and build from within, you know. See, it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna be happening in a couple months. It will be very interesting to, to see, and this is one thing that I always I found out recently, and it's something that I could tell was just not right. Jake Spavadol. He is not only the head coach, but he was the he was not was not only the head coach, but he was the offensive coordinator. You need those to be two separate positions. You need the head coach to be a universal coach who's helping defense and offense in every aspect of that field. And then you need an offensive coordinator that can tell them, hey, maybe this is not the best play. Maybe we shouldn't go for it on fourth down. What are we doing here? Now, that's why it's nice to have an offensive coordinator. So it's going to be great to see the coaching staff make a huge change because I believe rebuilds are always successful for a program and it seems that Texas State is long due for it so I'm excited to see who we can hire and what positions we can bring in like you said Ryan yeah I didn't think we were going to have much to follow for Texas State over the offseason but now obviously a big thing that we're going to be able to follow every week and see how the coaching search goes and see who they end up bringing in hopefully next year is the year I hope well <laughs> but we'll see what happens as that will wrap up Texas State football and San Marcos sports but we're gonna stay in college football as this weekend is conference championship weekend all of the conferences will have their yearly championship games which will help set up the final AP poll and the bowl games uh, so I just want to go over some of the championship games and uh, kind of get y'all's picks on it because uh, it can affect the, the playoff with uh, Ohio State and Alabama still trying to get in but first, I want to talk about one that's not really going to affect the playoff, but it's the Sunbelt Championship. It's Troy and it's Coastal Carolina, two of the best teams in the Sunbelt, obviously. Who do y'all think will win this one? Uh, well, I'm definitely vying for Troy to win, and, you know, 
Coastal Carolina, best team in the Sun Belt. Kind of questionable now after that game against JMU where they got beat, I think, like 43-7. to Again, JMU is just coming to this conference and just completely obliterated everybody and taking all the spots. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going for Troy on this one because Coastal Carolina has been on the top for so long. I just want to see someone else there. Well, look, I like Coastal Carolina, and, and the reason why, Ryan, is because – this team, they even made up their mascot, the Chanticleer. It's a bird that doesn't exist, by the way. Just a little fun fact. But no, let's get off that. Yeah, they did lose 47-7 to against JMU. Yeah, that is huge. But JMU, as we know, as Bobcats know, they can come up and win games that are really important. We saw that in the volleyball <laughs> tournament. How about that? But, you know, Jarrett Guest, this quarterback for the Coastal Carolina uh, Chanticleers, he had a bad game that game against JMU. And that's something we haven't seen much of. This is a team that's had a lot of airtime on the uh, on national coverage. I mean, their they have win record is amazing. And I mean, what do you, you know, it's Coastal Carolina on the field, on the field and on the on the TV when you see the fields all blue and it's like what's wrong with my TV is it broken? No, that's Coastal Carolina. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I you know Troy, they're rivals of Texas State, so I can't really support that, but I will just go for Coastal Carolina in this situation. I feel like, you know, they've had a great season. And and who knows? Maybe Troy can upset him. Well, next up, we move to the Pac-12. Oh, you don't champion- have a pick? Oh, a pick from that game? Yeah. I, it's not Texas State, bro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither team is going to. They're going to be in their own respective bowl games, but we'll see. Uh, but now for the Pac-12 championship, this does have a little effect on the playoff as number four USC takes on number 12 Utah if USC doesn't win they probably won't make the playoffs so basically it's win and get in for them uh what do y'all think about that game yeah I mean Utah's coming off of a huge win I'm talking 61 to 20 against I'm sorry 63 to 21 against Colorado but USC I mean they just beat Notre Dame a team that is nationally known a team that has a lot of star talent a team that nationally ranked 19th in the nation they win that game 38 to 27 it was a bit of a hard fight so what I will say is this I think USC is going to take advantage of this one Um, not only because they have the higher ranking but they just went through a harder match before then they just played Notre Dame and that's a great practice game before facing off against a team like Utah now Utah they just play against Colorado that's not even ranked and they get a blowout victory here they're coming in thinking they're going to win this one but they have a rude awakening this USC team is fighting for an appearance and I think they can definitely do it yeah you know Caleb Williams is just completely um, he's a beast of a quarterback over for USC I mean even though his stat line looks a little like eh compared to I guess big numbers for a quarterback, he had 232 yards and a touchdown passing in that game. But then he had 35 yards rushing and three touchdowns. So he kind of just propelled that team in, into the win. But he's just a great quarterback. And, you know, I think I think USC is going to pull this one out against Utah. Yeah, USC at the beginning of the year was one of my sleeper picks for the college football playoffs. So I would obviously love to see them get in just to say that I was right at the beginning of the season. But I, I think they're definitely the safe pick in this game. Uh, but now the Big 12 championship game. Uh, will be on Saturday, and it'll be number three, TCU, the undefeated team versus 13, Kansas State, which got in after a win against Kansas that kept the Longhorns out of the Big 12 championship game. So I'm sure Ryan's a little salty about that. Uh, but TCU and Kansas State. Yeah, you know, I was very sad, you know, when I, everyone, you know, on Saturday, you know, every Longhorn fan became a Kansas fan. You know, they really wanted them to beat Kansas State, but, you know, Kansas is Kansas, and Kansas State is, well, Kansas State. And, you know, it was just going to it was going to be a tough task. You know, you know, they weren't able to pull it out. So it's going to be Kansas State and TCU. Um, usually I'm an underdog guy. You know, I'm always like, yeah, I want Kansas State to be TCU because TCU's unranked. I mean, uh, undefeated and all that. But I, I want TCU to go. I want to see a Texas team in that big championship. 
Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. TCU, they're not losing. I'm going for their undefeated season. I love it. And I don't know what there's not to love about it. I mean, TCU, they got players like Max Dugan, who's, you know, 212 completion yards in that last game against Iowa State, which they won 62 to 14. So this TCU team is extremely powerful. And they, they won that. And, you know, Dugan, he gets three touchdowns of his own. And I, I feel like right now, Kansas State has to be worrisome. I know they just beat a big team like Kansas. This is, you know, uh, this is something we don't expect usually the big team like Kansas to lose to Kansas State. But Kansas State's doing great things. Um, now, Kansas State is not ranked as nationally, I mean, high as TCU in this situation here. But I truthfully be, believe rankings are out the window. You know, I, it's going to be a coin toss for me in this one. I really like the TCU. I'm, I love any Texas team. And I just want to see them do good. So that's what I got to say. I remember a few years ago watching TCU play UT and uh, Max Duggan was the backup quarterback that made a start for TCU and ended up beating Texas and they kind of stuck with them. And obviously it's working. He's doing great things as the leader of that team. And I'm, I'm picking TCU. I'm with you, Ryan. I want to see a Texas team in the playoff. As funny as it would be t for USC and TCU to lose. So Georgia would have to play Alabama in the first round. It, I, I think seeing a Texas school is going to be very cool. Uh, I mentioned Georgia, so we'll move on to the SEC championship game. Probably the best game matchup-wise between number one Georgia and number 11 LSU. LSU was absolutely on fire before they lost this past week to Texas A&M. Kind of ruined their playoff hopes, but LSU can, you know, kind of take it out on Georgia and the SEC championship game now. Yeah, you know, I'm going LSU on this one. Go Tigers! You know, I, I, I don't like Georgia. I can't stand Georgia. So I would just love to see LSU come out and hopefully pull up an upset. I'm 100% I'm on you on this point, Ryan. I agree. I think LSU coming off of a tough loss against A&M, they are, you know, really wanting to take advantage of this team. And I think, you know, LSU playing against Georgia, Georgia, as we know, super, you know, they're like the powerhouse team of college football. And it seems like they're indestructible and no one can stop them. But I really believe, I really believe in LSU and I think they can do it. And I'm going for the Tigers in this situation. I think it'd be very cool to see LSU kind of, just kind of take down the top dog but georgia is a very good team but something i've looked at all season is they've only played two other ranked opponents before this game they played tennessee when they were number one and they won and they played oregon at the beginning of the season with their new head coach when oregon was number three and they blew both of those teams out so they're good against the ranked teams that they faced but those ranked teams are now low in the rankings because they had multiple losses on top of the Georgia loss. So I just don't know how Georgia plays against other powerhouse teams. And I guess we'll see as they take on LSU has turned their season around from being somebody that nobody thought was going to be super competitive to now being, you know, one of the best teams in the country. So right now, when you look at the college football playoff, it is Georgia as one Michigan as two TCU as three and USC as four. With these games going on this week, do y'all think these rankings change at all, or do you think these are the four teams that are going to be in the college football playoff? I think it stays. I think this is going to be the four. I don't think there's going to be much change after this uh, champion week, but, yeah, that, that's a good four, I think. 
Well, I think I don't know if I don't think the rankings will change necessarily, but I do not believe that rankings will be a determinant factor of how these games will go. And I feel like that's the case with all college sports, and that's why we love them so much. We all love the underdog teams in this situation. But I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I, you know, Georgia's going to fall. Okay, I'm just going to say it right now. I feel like LSU's going to do great, and I want to see Georgia do bad because who doesn't? I mean, we're, we're trying to see these powerhouse teams take fault and, and lose in these games, and we love to see the underdog teams perform well against them. But I do not believe the rankings will change from, from what well they've done so far. I think TCU... I mean, they're going to go undefeated, man. I'm just saying it right now. I, well, I don't, I don't have a lot of evidence behind that claim, but I just love to see the Horn Frogs doing good in this situation. But yeah, no, Colton, I think uh, rankings, they're, they're going to stick the same. All right. Well, we will move on from college football to our, our final topic, which is the World Cup. World Cup. World Cup group stage has been in full swing and wraps up this Friday. And I have seen stuff about this World Cup being the most even evenly matched world cup that there's been in many years it seems like every day there's some kind of upset where a team ties or wins when they're not supposed to big example with the u.s tying england and you know there's just been so many games that outcomes have been crazy like you didn't know you didn't think were going to happen and that's set up crazy things to come in with the third games for each group in the U.S.'s case, they now have to beat Iran in order to move on to the round of 16 with their two ties. So, I mean, what do y'all think is going to happen to wrap up the group stage before we get to the round of 16? Oh, well, you know, I, I think the U.S. can uh, pull through. I mean, Iran is a really good team, but, you know, I'm, I'm vying for U.S. And, they, I mean, they showed their talent. I mean, like you said, against England, they tied where the game before England was like 6-2. to two. So, you know, I, I think the U.S. should be able to pull it out. But, you know, like, I, like you said, there's upsets and everything going on. It's like March Madness for the world right now. So anything can happen. Yes, you're 100% correct, Ryan. You know, this is, I think, you know, the U.S., they've had an appearance in this, you know, World Cup that they haven't had in a long time. Many people are, you know, getting behind this team. And for good reason, they draw against England. You know, that someone drawed the example of like, if imagine a British football team came over to the Cowboys and tied them in a game, that would be insane. Everyone would be like, what? It would change what everyone's perception of American football is. But guess what? For, for FIFA, this is insane that we have, you know, a USA team out here playing their best and they're drawing against teams like England. And now they're playing against teams like Iran. Now, Iran here, if you look at their record so far, they have one win and one loss so far in the World Cup, And but out of the two matches they played, and we've the U.S. have had two draws in this situation. They know how to get balls in the net, but they don't know how to get enough to beat the other team. So it's going to be interesting to see what USA can do. But if you look at the other group, you know, I'm talking about Mexico. I, I really want to see Mexico do good. They just unfortunately took a 2-0 loss against Argentina, but they're playing against Saudi Arabia. And I don't know if you know anything about the Saudi Arabian team, but every w game they win, they get a Rolls Royce, which is kind of interesting for the saudi arabian team that's what was just announced recently which is wild. man can i go play for them they yeah need, i know they need a water boy or something <laughs> so i want to see mexico win so they don't get another rolls royce but that's about <laughs> it for me i mean i think this is a very exciting time of the year we we don't get to see the world cup often and we don't see the usa team doing this well this often so it's going to be exciting to see and i want to see a usa win against iran tomorrow at one when I looked at the U.S. game, I tried to use the whole matchup mutual opponent thing, but it doesn't work with this World Cup because Iran got blown out by England, USA tied England, but and Iran beat Wales, but USA tied Wales. So Iran beat a team that they tied with, but they also lost really bad to a team that they tied with. So what do you go with? Who knows? We won't know until Tuesday when USA plays Iran and they have to win to get into the round of 16. 
But before we wrap up our show today, let's send it to Justin for a little weather update. It's getting a little chilly, but it's been nicer outside. No rain. I know, right? It's clear, sunny. We The sun does exist, guys. I know after that rainy past week and it was just miserable, now the sun's out and it's feeling good. Today, the high is 75. The low is going to be 60, and right now it's 63 and sunny. Don't expect any rain until this evening where it's going to get up to 43% chance of showers, and it's going to be a high of 62 in the evening. And at night, it's going to be a 40% chance of rain. That's overnight while you're sleeping. Don't worry about it. But for the next few days what are you looking to see well tomorrow a high of 77 a low of 45 only a 24 percent chance of rain wednesday high of 58 and a low of 42 thursday it's going to get colder high of 57 a low of 52 and then friday 73 and a low of 64 with a 34 percent chance of rain so it's looking like a pretty decent you know decent week i'd say don't bring the rain jacket today because if you look up in the sky i don't think you can spot a cloud for miles right now it's beautiful sunny skies so don't worry about that rain today but maybe towards the evening put on a jacket or some rain boots just in case you're going on a hike for some reason well that is all for our time for today so make sure to keep everything keep up with everything tech state and san marcus related by following us at ktsw sports on twitter instagram and youtube for justin brown and ryan liguez i'm colton gibson thank you for listening to this monday edition of bobcat radio and we'll see you back on wednesday now let's get you back to the other side of radio